Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to do a quick shout out as we're getting ready to start this podcast. I'm working with Christine Holsweiss on the upcoming EdCamp Cardigan Camp. It's going to be held on November 13th. It's going to be virtual, so you can be a virtual presenter for us. Um, We're giving you the option to have a small group face-to-face, and that will be called a satellite site. And we want to take this thing international this year. So read more about it at edcampcardigancamp.weebly.com. And that will be where you sign up if you want to be a facilitator, which will mean a presenter in this case, or if you want to host a satellite site. We're hoping to map out all of these satellites around the world, and we can make this thing bigger and better than it's ever been before. So check out edcampcardigancamp.weebly.com. Free event for librarians. I'd like to welcome Arlene Laverde to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. So Arlene, good morning. Can you go ahead and and tell our audience a little bit about um, your background? So my name is Arlene Laverde. I have been a New York City educator for the last 30 years. When I say that, I'm kind of like blown away (laughs) how quickly and how slowly time goes. It's like, it feels like forever some days and then other days it's like, how did this happen? Mm -hmm. Like I am literally a year away from retirement if I want to retire and I like to tell new people that you can do this You because I did. I made it. I made it. I made it. I'm very proud of that. Yeah. Um, I was a classroom teacher for 16 years before I became um, a librarian, a teacher assigned to the library. So my principal put me in the library when I asked to be taken out of the classroom for a break because I was I was tired. It was 16 years as a classroom teacher, and I just needed something different. And in all honesty, I wanted to be the computer teacher. And um, she put me in the library. And I tell this story, and I am 100% sincere when I tell this story. I was really not happy. I was was kind of like, this is a stupid job, and I don't want to do it. Um, But my principal... She sold me on it and she told me how um, it would be everything that I wanted it to be. And I knew that it was the only way that I was going to be able to get the break from the classroom teaching that I so desperately needed. And I said, okay, I'll I'll give it a shot. And I admit freely that I was a horrible librarian that first year. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I didn't know what the school library job entailed I was winging it everywhere Mm -hmm. but I did know that the job had some really great possibilities like if I if I had a clue I knew I could do great things so um I talked to my husband and I was like okay this seems like it's going to be you know where I want to be but I need to I need to go back to school yeah so I did I went back to get my MLS um which you know, when I think about it now, I went back for my MLS and um, I didn't need to in regards to like salary step or tenure or anything. I was the only thing I was going to get out of my MLS was another degree and a job. 
which to some people's like absolutely but other people it's like there's no financial gain you, you're like why would I do this yeah best decision I made in my career best I, I tell this to people all the time I went back on probation I changed you know I took some really huge risks and I can honestly admit that it was the best decision I made because I've made it to 30 years. This is the beginning of my 31st year of teaching. And while I can retire next year, I'm like, maybe, maybe not. I really still love my job. I love everything that I do. So it's like, I best thing ever was, was going back from my MLS because I was also able to like, say, wow, libraries do so much that we really need to educate our educators. Mm-hmm. We need to educate our, our parents about the importance of school libraries yeah. for our children because they don't know. And I was one of the people that didn't know. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. It, for a lot of my final teaching years, I was in a school, because uh, in Texas, you're not required to have a certified librarian. So yeah, and they encourage it, but it's not required. But anyway, so I was at a school that was just run by a paraprofessional, you know, in the library. And she did fine. And, and I thought it was wonderful. But once I started library school, that was when I was like, oh, my gosh, everybody's missing out and they don't even know it. You know, that's and exactly they don't even know it. And yeah. it's so sad because there's so many things that we can offer yeah. that we want to offer but no one knows that they should be demanding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I was even telling like my, my team my, that I taught with, I was like, guys, I mean, not only are the kids missing out, but you're missing out. You know, there's so much that as ed teachers, you know, that we could be doing that there's no way, you know, this paraprofessional, you know, mm-hmm. it's just not ready, you know, to do that kind of thing. So, wow. Exactly. All right, so is New York still that same way? Can they put someone in the library that is not certified or... So in order to be um, a New York, okay, New York State mandates that every secondary school have a certified school librarian. That is um, the mandate in New York State. Now, with that said, it's an unfunded mandate. So because it's an unfunded mandate, it's an unenforced mandate. So we're supposed to have a certified school librarian in every secondary school, meaning junior high school and high school. Okay. Elementary schools, every school is supposed to have a library. Um, Elementary schools are not mandated to have a librarian or uh, they can have a teacher assigned, but they don't even need that either. Okay. which is just ridiculous. When 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 I say the words, it's like I don't understand how how I my personal opinion, and I am a high school librarian. My personal opinion is that we need the librarians more in elementary school to give the foundation yeah. of everything so that it travels through. Whereas in high school, and as much as I love being a high school librarian, the kids have learned all the bad habits they are going to learn <laughs> starting in kindergarten. So now we have to try and, and unteach those bad habits, which makes it so much more difficult. That's a good point. That's an interesting observation. So mm-hmm. words for states to think about. So. Yes. Yes. Uh, you said that first year was, was a bad year for you. You know, um, what, what else do you, what do you remember about those first years? So I'd love for my audience to hear stories so they know, okay, I'm not alone. I'm not going crazy. This is going to be okay. <laughs> 
no, yeah. The, okay, so the first year, I remember walking in to the library, and the library was a beautiful space, right? So it was this beautiful, beautiful space, and I was fortunate that um, I also had a paraprofessional assigned to the library with me to help. Unfortunately, neither one of us kind of knew what we were doing in regards because the, the previous librarian and the previous power that ran the library, they retired. Okay. So it was like, ooh, it's us. What do we do? Kind ooh. of, you know. <laughs> and when I think about my, my library at that time, I was really lucky in regards I had a completely flexible schedule. I could do what I want, when I want kind of deals, schedule classes how I wanted. But because I was so unsure of everything I was afraid I was I was afraid to do anything yeah. I was like if I I'm afraid I'm going to make a mistake or I'm going to do something wrong and it took about I want to say a month before I finally was like what what what, what am I going to break I'm not going to break anything you know let's just do this kind of deal so I started with the with the with the babies right because the babe I was um upper elementary school teacher so I wanted to get my feet wet with the littles because they're more forgiving. Than, <laughs> you know, they're five. They're just happy they're when happy. they're five. <laughs> so I would invite the kindergartens and the pre-Ks in to, for story time and an activity. So as I got my feet wet in that regard, I then pulled in on my friends, right? So I was already a teacher in that school for it was 16 years so I had my crew yes. and I'm like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna get you and we're gonna do something what do you want us to do what can we do what do you need and I would then work in just little projects um book checkouts open access kinds of things yeah so it wasn't a pro like thinking back now it was nothing what I would want to do now after 15 years as a librarian, I know better. But by the time I got to the end of that school year, I was like, okay, so we didn't, we didn't change the world, but I did give my students library services and I did give my students um, research skills. And I did give my, you know, is it something that after, you know, now 15, I will like, yeah, no, you didn't do enough. But for my very first year with zero training, I did a lot. And I automated the library because I was like, we had an automation system that no one ever opened. Oh, I no. Like, I don't, why? Why? So that was huge also. I was like, okay, we're going to automate the library. And that was probably one of the most fun that I had because I got to touch every book in the collection. Okay. So I was like, I knew that collection well. Yeah. Okay. So Arlene, that, that's, that's a really good story. Cause I mean, I'm sure so many people can relate to that. So again, when you're thinking back, is there any kind of advice that would have been helpful to, for you? One of the things like um, I tell people all the time in regards to um, starting out is baby steps and everything you know dream big yeah and it's okay to dream big but you can't do everything in the first five minutes right 
Uh, I teach at Queens College's Graduate School of, for Library Information Studies. So um, I tell my students all the time, one, one, one step at a time, one, one book at a time. You know, you, you walking into your school library, the very first time you walk into your school library, one, one thing is to, you, you can't change everything, the first, and you shouldn't try to change everything or anything that first year, right? That very first year in your very first library, you need to get to know yourself as a librarian, True. right? And what are the things you want to do? And you want to get to know your school community, right? When I first started uh, my very first library after library school, it was kind of like, OMG, yeah. they never had a library before. They never had a librarian before. And I wanted to do everything because now I was trained. Now I knew stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was like, they didn't want to be bothered with me because they didn't know what I could do. Right. So I had to nice and easy work my way in um, and just get acclimated to the culture of the school, the things that are important to the school. And then what I tell people now also is find a new person in the building. Yeah. And because the new people don't know better. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. You know, they, they don't know better. And um, if you don't know better, I can guide you into using the library as like this huge resource. And I did that my very first year as a high school librarian. I had a new teacher, brand new English teacher. And I'm like, we're going to work together. And because I was already a DOE employee for so, so long, I knew some ins and outs that I could help her with the bureaucracy of the DOE. So she thought I was the best thing ever. And I'm like, and we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And like, she's like, we could do that. I'm like, absolutely. And her and I collaborated for the year. Oh, right? wow. And she was pretty much the only teacher I collaborated with regularly. Yeah. But she would talk to the department mm -hmm. and they would then turn around and say, can you do this with us? I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. So you, like one, I needed one friend. Yeah. And I got her and it really, really made the program what it was. And I was able to, you know, then build on that relationship. Yeah. Okay. That's good. All right. So you've come a long way since then, you know, all these years later and we're, we're all making plans about next school year and how wonderful it's going to be. Um, so what are some things that you're thinking about bringing back or things to kick off the start of this next school year? Oh, that's a hard question. Uh -huh. That's a hard question. Um, I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, like, because I was in school this summer doing a little bit of a summer school, a summer rising program in um, New York City. And I did a couple of programs over the summer just for fun to have the kids get comfortable in regards to coming back into the building and being you know with each other and it was a very very small program I think we had maybe 10 kids come in a day and I did some I did some gaming and I did movies mm -hmm. just so that we're comfortable being around with, with each other yeah and then I 
don't know exactly how the library is going to be used because I do know part of it is supposed to be used as a classroom. Oh, okay. So um, I'm trying to figure out how to use, utilize the space so that it'll be used as a classroom, but still have some library programming. I want to make it so that the library, I want, I, need, I want the kids to have fun. And as much as I want them to do research and I want them to come borrow books, I feel like for this year, we just need to do some really mental and emotional well-being yeah. kinds of things yeah. just so that we feel safe around each other mm -hmm. and feel safe um in the building yeah so i've been thinking of i don't know maybe projects in regards to they can, we can work in in the space with each other but not on each other yeah does that make sense well, it does it does and I, and I think that so many of us are going to be in that same boat um because the teachers are going to be nervous about coming back too you know that have been out but those kids you know no matter what school you're at you really are going to have two years of students that are new yes campus you know that haven't really been there so I think that safe space you know the working on how you're going to cultivate a safe space probably really, I would think as a librarian studying a lot about that social, emotional, you know, learning where you're, you're really learning how to hone in on individuals, you know, and, and um, just really creating that safe space, you know, so that they're comfortable. <laughs> so. Right. Comfortable. Um, just being able to talk to each other. I mean, one of the things for me personally, like last year, I, I had an accommodation, so I worked from home. Okay. the entire year okay. and the first when we first went into lockdown in March I will I will not lie I I worked I worked like a, a I cannot tell you how hard I worked right it was one of the things working from home is that you kind of forget to stop working because you like I would sit at the computer at eight o'clock in the morning and my son's would come home from work and they'd be like, you know, Ma, it's, it's eight o'clock at night. Work is over. You need to stop. You need yeah. to turn off. And one of the things is we were, I wasn't working from home. I was living at work because I was constant, constantly working. Yeah. Then when the new school year started and I, and I was still working from, from home, living at work, it became harder because people forgot that I existed. And it was, you know, because as, as a high school librarian, I don't have a set schedule. Mm -hmm. It was like, hello, the library's still here. The library's still here to help you. And I didn't want to badger people, but I wanted them to remember that the services were still available. So it was, it was lonely and it was, um, it was, it was really, what's the term I'm looking for? Um, lonely is like one of the just professionally hurtful, you know, in regards to like, I know I do my job and I know I give, um, I provide a really important service. And it's so the fact that I was so easily forgotten, like killed me. Hmm. And it was, it was, you know, for, for about a month and a half, 
my, my outreach was, it was constant. And then I finally made it so that I wasn't, I didn't want to be a, a badgerer. I didn't want like, okay, I get it. Everybody also was dealing with this their own way. So I found other ways to help the students without harassing my colleagues because yeah. I was harassing them yeah. for a while, you know? So I found, I found ways around it and I tried to make it so that the kids got their library services that they needed, the research assistance that they needed. And then I tried to make it so that the kids were also having fun from home. So yeah. it took a little while, but I, I, I was able to run a, a pretty decent online program. That's good. And you may find there's going to be some things that you carry forward, you know, that, that worked really well with that. All right. So we, we've been talking about that pandemic and kind of the experience you had, but what would you say about, um, you know, in hindsight now and looking back, how, how has this changed you professionally or, you know, what do you see as your takeaway from all of this? I would say that a major takeaway is how important the face-to-face -face connection is, yeah. right? Like we, we when, when the pandemic first started, there was a whole lot of talk about how um, we can do our jobs outside of the building. Like we didn't have to be at home. Mm -hmm. We could teach from, from home and we can teach remotely. Yeah. And we can, you know, and we can, but how important, you know, like as, as an educator and I love being an educator, right? I, if, if I didn't, I wouldn't have lasted as long as I have, but <laughs> I, I think about educators overall and we, we, we tend to complain, right? We tend, we, we tend to complain about whatever the complaint of the moment is. But one of the things that I feel like I, we need is that 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 face to face connection? We need that real time conversation mm -hmm. with each other, with our students. Um, in my teaching in the graduate school, one section my the the school gave me um, a class for the summer was completely um, asynchronous. Okay, and I was like, you know, I I I I can't do this completely asynchronous kind of teaching. I need to speak to people. I need to, I need them to speak to me. It's like, it's so much a give and take from, for each other yeah. that I've realized uh, how much I needed that interaction with my students on the grad level, my kids from the high school, my colleagues, uh, that I wanna make sure that we nurture this, these experiences and these conversations with each other and to listen to each other, that we all have so much to offer each other that we, for, you know, because before pre-pandemic, pre we are so used to being together, we didn't realize that we need to be together, not just, not just, we, we have, it's, it's, it's a necessity. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and very, very true. And, and um, it's going to be interesting again, you know, getting back together and having to rebuild those skills again, you know, because we want to be together, 
But mm -hmm. I, I picture because I always taught elementary, so I'm I'm picturing like an elementary class. I think it's going to be you know lots of chatter, chatter, chatter. Yes, you know? yes absolutely. <laughs> like and that, and that's one one of the things like I I tell people also is like we don't realize like I I know I have called children. And in a, the most loving way, they're like little energy vampires. Like they, they come in and they suck the energy out of you. But in reality, they don't, you know. And I realized that last year when I didn't get to be with them. Yeah. Right. So while, yes, the kids are little energy vampires, they are also giving me energy because when yeah. I wasn't, I was always tired last year because I didn't have, we didn't have that give and take kind of energy exchange. Yeah. You know, kids, kids give off as much energy as they absorb. It's just that they're younger. So <laughs> they bounce back a whole lot quicker. A whole lot than quicker than us. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Arlene, I, I know that advocacy is, is really important to you. And, and that really came out even at the beginning, you know, when we were talking about, um, when you finally became a certified librarian and you were realizing, oh my gosh, this is everything, uh, everything that a librarian could do. But let's talk a little bit more about that. So tell, tell me about what do you, what you do about advocacy now? It's so, it, 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 my, my foray into advocacy is kind of like parallel to my foray into librarianship, all accidental. All of okay. these things are like, oops, how did you do that kind of deal? Right, so um, one of my good friends, um, we were talking about um, getting involved, right? She's really involved in ALA and AASL. And she was like, you really should get involved. It's a lot of fun. You learn a whole lot of things. And I was already a librarian now for 10 years before I got involved in any professional organization. Mm -hmm. And at this was three years ago, three or four years ago, where the local organization, the New York, excuse me, the New York City School Librarians Association um, had an election and they were having an election for president. And my friend's like, you should do this and I'll help you and we could do this together. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> I'm like, all right, what you know? Now, I don't know your experience with professional organizations, but either you get people who really want to be involved or people who don't want to be involved mm -hmm. and just want everybody to do, you know, some, they want someone else to be in charge. To do the work. Yeah. <laughs> so no one, I ran unopposed. Right? <laughs> I ran unopposed. Like, I'm like, okay, so I am now the president of the New York City School Librarians Association. And we sat down and devised a plan about what was important. And we took our little organization um, and we started offering CTLE credit and we started advocating and, you know, um, she came up with the school, the spotlight librarian of the month oh, to bring yeah. attention to the libraries. Uh, we then took that a step further and we would uh, send a letter and a certificate to the school and the principal and nice. okay. just to bring attention to, to the library. Yeah. Then the pandemic happened and our illustrious president of the union um, made a really horrible statement. Uh-oh. Right. 
for summer school. And the UFT is the largest, one of the largest teachers unions in, in, in the country. And President Michael Mulgrew turned around and said, librarians and what are they, uh, lab specialists will not be offered summer school jobs because they need to work in a building, right? Like they needed brick and mortar schools in order for them to do their job. Wow. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> you know, what the heck do you think I've been doing for the last four months that we've been locked out? Like I've, I've been sitting here twiddling my thumbs doing nothing. So as the president of, of the New York City School Librarians Association, I went on a Twitter, a Twitter, a Twitter rampage, like a Twitter <laughs> rampage and was able to get some of my colleagues and members in um, on this Twitter rampage and bring attention to the work that school librarians have been doing the entire pandemic. The entire time, yeah. We, yeah, we, on social media, we inundated social media, we inundated his office with emails and letters about how dare you, you know, all the work that we've done. Um, and we got an apology from Michael Mulgrew and he was like, you know, he, he misspoke. And I believe what was said was that he didn't write the email that it doesn't matter. You, you, you signed it, you said it, yeah. it's, it's, you know, no. And then six months later, the UFT passed a resolution um, acknowledging that librarians are teachers with all the protections of teachers. And we have him on record saying that school libraries and school librarians are important yeah. and are the heart of the, of the building and all of that, you know, lip service kind of stuff. But since that's happened, we've gotten New York City school librarians on the map. We've gotten, you know, um, We've gotten people to notice us. We've gotten people to understand how important it is. And I am, um, I was, I was the New York City School Library Association president for two years. And then uh, the new president stepped in and she's had a meeting with the chancellor's office about school libraries and the importance of school libraries. And I've just been elected the New York State, um, the, the I am the president elect of NYLA, the New York Library oh, Association. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So oh. my, my thing is like, all right, guys, <laughs> you're going to hear some more about libraries and school libraries. Yes. The whole nine. And as you know, I'm hoping part of my, my hope for, for NYLA is to start re-educating the public about libraries and librarians, not only school, but public and academic. Yeah. Because people, people don't know what we do. Mm -hmm. People, and I was one of the people 30 years ago, I had no idea what we did and what was the importance of a, of a library. When we think about libraries, we, so many people think, you know, shh, yeah. and here's a book. Right. Or you need a master's degree for that? You know, like, yes, yes. I didn't know I needed a master's degree for that until I was put into the situation and realized, I don't know what I'm, you know, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And we really need some public re-education about the importance of libraries and school librarians just for our community. 
-hmm. for our kids, for our future. Yeah. Well, kudos to you. And who would have ever imagined when your friend first said, you should run for it, that it would lead to this. (laughs) Great friends. Everybody needs great friends behind them. You know, absolutely. Yeah. And hopefully she'll partner with you still. (laughs) I hope so. Yes. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. So for the new librarians who are just, you know, kind of getting their feet wet with things, um, what, what are some baby steps they could do as far as learning to be an advocate or, you know, talking to the public? What, what do you recommend to them? I would, my first thing I would say is join your professional organizations, mm-hmm. right? Um, especially as a student, because it's cheaper. Yes. Right. <laughs> join those professional organizations and listen. Um, it, it can be really um, daunting, you know, all of this can be really daunting because you're new and you don't know. Listen to your, listen to your, to your more seasoned people. Mm-hmm. And they don't even have to be the seasoned librarians. They could be the seasoned teachers and the seasoned secretaries and listen to their stories, right? Listen to how they have managed and figure out how you're going to advocate for yourself how you're going to advocate for your profession. Yeah. As a librarian, one of the things that I find that we, we, we need to do more of is advocate for ourselves. And people are so afraid of advocating for themselves because they're like, oh, I'm going to be seen as a troublemaker. Yeah. And, and it, you can advocate for yourself without being a troublemaker. Like one of the things I remember you know, like asking for materials and supplies or databases or books and people like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going into my principal's office and asking for $5,000 so I can buy romance novels that I want to read, you know, that I'm asking for $5,000 worth of materials that our students are going to use. And then I'm going to tell you how my students are going to use them. You know, I, I walk, I remember walking into one of my libraries and someone's like, you're going to ask them to buy that database? I like the worst thing they could say is no. You know, they could say no. Like, it's like going to your mother and saying, can I borrow the car? You know, if I don't ask, she's not going to lend it to me. Right. She might shock me. And they do. The, you know, the, their schools will surprise you if you ask with purpose. Right. Right. We need, can we get this database? And I've had principals ask, well, what do we need that for? Mm-hmm. Oh, the science department can use it for X, Y, and Z. This can use it for X, Y, and Z. And have it so that you have the evidence of, of, of what you need and what you want. Asking for the things you need to do your job is advocacy for yourself. Mm-hmm. And don't be, you know, don't be afraid to ask because the worst thing is, no, you can't have that. I'm like, all right. And then Sometimes what happens is they say no today and then next week they like, oh, we had extra money. Do you still yeah. want that? Yes, yeah. I want that and I want that and I want that too. <laughs> yeah, so that, but the budget stuff was something I get where I taught, taught and when um, worked in the library, we got a library budget, but then I never really understood like the campus budget that much. And then once I learned that, you know, those pockets of money will appear 
and the principal has to spend it, you know, or they're yep. going to lose it. It's like, oh, then I need to be letting him know these yes. are the things I need so that when that money comes up, he go, he'll remember, oh, library. Library. <laughs> so, yeah. One of the things I tell students all the time, spend your money, spend your money well, mm-hmm. because when what happens is, is they have a three o'clock deadline. They know you know how to spend money. Yeah. And they'll come over and they'll say, hey, I've got a thousand dollars. Can you spend it by three o'clock? And I'm like, I could spend it right now. Here you go. Yeah. You know, have your wish list. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> have your wish list. Have your, you know, ideas. Have them ready because mm-hmm. that's how you help your administration. And they yeah. people don't realize that. Yeah. You know, other ways to advocate, ask to speak out, you know, ask to give workshops. You know, give a workshop about whatever, something that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that um, I remember giving a workshop to to teachers was Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, you can't use Wikipedia because Wikipedia. I'm like, no, here, let me show you how to use Wikipedia well, because your kids are going to use it. Yeah. Whether, you, whether you say they can or can't, they're, they're going to use it because it's easy. So here, this is how you can show them how to use it well and a 15 minute demonstration on it now you're an expert kind of deal now now they come to you for certain things for and be confident in what you know it's you know brag brag that you know these things definitely most so good good first step so thank you for sharing those tips there so if, if people um are curious about staying sharp like you and learning like you and maybe taking steps to be the future president of something like what do you do to keep learning and growing i i'm always um i'm always talking to other librarians all over the country which is really kind of cool i um i use twitter a lot in regards to reading about what um other librarians are doing okay uh i do I do read School Library Journal and Knowledge Quest and the professional journals, but most of my stuff is coming from conversations with other librarians and finding out what they're doing. I've also gotten involved, uh, I'm a little bit more involved now in AASL and other committees because they're just fun. It's it's a lot of fun to be on these committees. Um, I was on the best website, no, best digital tools. the best digital tools for AASL and the friendships that I made there and the conversations that we had around the tools were so, you know, the very first time it was terrifying because, you know, you kind of sit in there saying to yourself, do I belong? (laughs) Exactly. Do I belong? Are they going to know that, you know, are they going to know that I'm nervous? And you know what? Everybody there is just as nervous as I am. And we have these conversations and we, a lot of laughs and a lot of shared ideas. Um, I would also tell um, new librarians that if you can go to a professional conference, yeah. go to a professional conference. Yeah. Um, if you can go to the, into AASL in Utah this year, I, the first ALA conference I went to, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the presentations. I'm not going to lie, but I enjoyed more the socializing outside of the sessions. Like I learned a lot from the sessions, but then I would sit down with people and have conversations about sessions and about libraries. And you, you know, being from New York state is, 
you know, you forget that the world is not quite like, and I'm, while I'm from New York state, I'm from New York city. Okay. So it's like a whole other world, New York city. Yeah. And when I talk to other librarians about their library programs and their communities, it's like, it is so different from what, from what my norm is Yeah. that it's so important to have these conversations so that you know and share ideas with each other. And I can take something from Texas. I can take something from Kentucky. I can take something from California and I can bring it all and make it something new in New York City. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend um, conferences. Yeah. And and that's so true because you, what you're just saying, we, we know our way and and kind of like you were before you became a certified librarian, you know, you, you thought you were doing fine. Um, but once you, once you make those connections and you, your vision of what a library looks like, you know, or can do just really explodes because you're seeing and hearing from other people, you know, what they do in their area um, and that you never thought of, you know, just never, never came to mind. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, Arlene, for our listeners who want to connect with you, um, how would you, um, where are you online so that they can follow you? The best place to follow me is on Twitter. Okay. Um, and my Twitter hashtag there is at THHS library. Um, I just started a blog, um, for a new passion of mine. Well, it's not really a new passion of mine. It's an old passion of mine that I'm trying to see what I can do with. And it's a picture books, um, picture books and using picture books with older students. Ah. So I've literally just started it I want to say a week and a half ago is something that I've been working on I'm I'm not going to lie I'm hoping that I can I, I I am hoping that my vision comes comes through I don't know if it will because I'm like I started it and now I'm kind of stuck so we'll see what happens yeah. Oh, get started and then put put ideas out there on Twitter, and I bet you people will give you some feedback that will. Oh, yeah, that, exactly, exactly. And yeah. be, you know, people people on 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 the on the library Twitter, they are a really awesome group of people. Mm-hmm. They really are. They're always trying to help, always giving ideas, always yeah. sharing. Yeah. So it's a really good place to be. But that's where I am. I have I have all the social media accounts because I like to give a try and see what it's like. Yeah, but. Twitter is the one where I'm probably the most okay. active. On. Yeah, good, good deal. All right, Arlene, Arlene, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. And, and I'm, I'm looking forward to just seeing, seeing you grow. You know, can, I mean, you were saying 30 plus years now, but man, you've got a lot more that you plan on doing, you know, as future, <laughs> future president of, of your um, New York State Library Association. And who knows what's next? Maybe exactly. AASL, you know. <laughs> Keep going, keep going. That's it, I figured I'll stop. Eh, mate, no, not yet. Not yet, no. Not yet. All right, well, you take care and thanks again for sharing today. It was, it was a lot of fun talking with you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I really appreciate You're it. Welcome. And I think, thanks for listening. Okay, all right, bye-bye.